I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. I knew I would put up a podcast Tuesday morning and I would get to work and Deadpool would be revealed to the world, which means I would have to do what I always do on Canada's Pinball Podcast, and that's get up an immediate response to a new pinball machine from Stern Pinball. So let's talk about on this little mini episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, uh, my thoughts and reactions to seeing Deadpool for the first time. Now, first, I lost the bet. I, I, I thought the bobblehead of Deadpool would not make its way into the game. I thought Stern was just taking the piss out of us. But I have to say this. I have to say this. After seeing it in the game... It really doesn't annoy me the same way that the TIE Fighter on a spring drove me crazy because I actually think they're going to work into the game the fact that there is a Deadpool on a spring in the game because when you look at this game and you look at how Stern is marketing this game, I think it's pretty genius. I I really do. I think the entire game is going to be in hilarious journey and and almost like making fun of the fact that you're playing a Deadpool pinball machine. And I think there's going to be a lot of that, just like taking the piss out of pinball. Now, so let's talk about what we know so far about the game. And we, we know what the game looks like. And I think collectively, collectively, everyone is having the same reaction to the artwork in the game. And that is that Zombie Yeti is a god. The the man is able to make, I, I think, one of the most gorgeous pinball machines ever. And, and, and you could argue that this is his finest creation to date. And I'm actually looking at the photos right now. And I have to say, it's pretty effing amazing. I mean, I, when I first saw it, it really just looks like you're jumping into a comic book world. I mean, I, I, I don't see how you cannot get excited by the amount of detail and stuff going on in the game itself. Now, I did see some people have some reservations saying that they thought the art might have been too busy. And I just want to say that I could see how people might say that, you know, that you really can't see. um, The art is not guiding you on what to shoot. It kind of just feels like there's art everywhere. Uh, But I also don't feel that that takes away at all from this game because I I think it's pretty clear um, what to shoot at and the shots in the game. Um, and what I love about the game here too, when I look at the artwork, you know, with the big Deadpool in the middle with his arms like behind his back grabbing his katana blades. And then you've got, uh, let's see, you've got the, uh, let's see, we've got Colossus, we've got... I'm trying to read all these characters. Like, is it Sauron? It's the T-Rex, the Megalodon. Um, you've got Mystique in the middle. What's interesting about this art is it's actually a little bit different than the photo that leaked. Remember the photo that leaked? We had, I believe it was Colossus um, is where Juggernaut was. And, and also we had a big Wolverine on the right side that is now uh, somewhere else on the playfield. So there have been some changes to the original concept art. But I have to say, I mean, the colors, the vibrancy, the, 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 just the way Zombie Yeti, when he's allowed to sort of bring his style into the comic book genre, 
I think the game just looks absolutely phenomenal. And I and I do. I I just think there's so much detail here that it's really hard to know even where to where to focus and where to talk about. Uh, so what I want to do is just say I think we all should be super thankful where we're at when it comes to the kind of artwork Stern is putting into pinball machines. I mean, it's at the point now where these new machines, I mean, Iron Maiden, uh, you know, Christopher Franchi's Batman and Guardians of the Galaxy, Dirty Donnie's work uh, on Aerosmith and on Metallica. Uh, these games are now, we have to, we have to say that these are probably some of the nicest pinball artwork games we've ever seen in the history of pinball. Uh, in the history of Pummel, I mean, I really do. I, I think this game puts almost every, uh, you know, every other generation of pinball artwork a little bit to shame in terms of the detail that is on this playfield, and 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 I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it's you know me. I'm 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 a fan of artwork. I I do think that when games are off, uh, they are works of art that sit in our house. And how could you not? How could you not sort of look at this and just, you know, it, how could it not bring a smile to your face on all the different things going on? And I love the details. Like, I love the little phrases. I love that, you know, uh, down by the flipper area, um, you know, he, he, Deadpool is saying, I'm glad this is not another movie-themed pin, you know? It's, uh, and I love the phrase, like, uh, you know, I, what is, I, it's something about, like, the world under glass. Hold on, I'm going to zoom in here. It's so freaking funny. Uh, yeah, at least this is not another movie-themed pin. And then in the outlane area, it says like pinball to me, something like pinball to me is glass above a world, you know? And it's just like they're totally taking the piss out of pinball and out of all the criticisms of, of always making movie themes. And even knowing that they were not making a movie theme of Deadpool, I think they're taking the piss out of it with this game. And, it, you know, you, you might be able to hear that I'm excited because I do. I think this game absolutely looks phenomenal. I actually think it looks even better than Iron Maiden. And, and that's not to take anything away from Iron Maiden. In fact, I kind of wish... There was more space between Zombie Yeti releases. And the reason I say that is they are these incredible works of art. And they are things that I, I think are highly anticipated in the pinball world. And, and I think it's kind of like, uh, it's not unfortunate. I just wish we would have had more time between the two because uh, you know I could, I'll tell you why because I think a lot of people out there are gonna want both <laughs> and I kind of think people want a little bit more time uh, before they have to you know they feel compelled to buy another game but if you were to look at this game just from a visual standpoint and say does this make you want to buy it I I think the answer is yes now the other part that's really cool about this game is what Stern is doing with the LCD animations. And, and I know there's been a lot of debate back and forth on Pinside about this, but again, I think people are out of their minds if, if they don't think it's really cool to have sort of that throwback retro, like 16-bit arcade game graphics uh, is going to be what's in the game. And it's not only going to be that. It's not only going to be that, but it makes total sense for, for Deadpool to have sort of like throwback graphics that are sort of like irrelevant, which is kind of like the theme of his character in the Marvel Universe, uh, is that he's always battling relevancy. Uh, and then I also heard from George Gomez in the great interview he did with Nate Shivers that that's not the only 
thing you're going to see on the LCD that you're actually going to have like high res visuals of Deadpool uh, when he breaks the fourth wall and talks to you as you're playing the game. And I've just heard from some people at Stern that I know that actually still talk to me that once you hear the music, once you hear the call outs, once you see how it's all integrated, this is going to go down as quite possibly one of the most fun and enjoyable pinball machines Stern has ever put out there. Now, first and foremost, let's just let's just table that for a minute because uh, you know, hype from people that work there, you can't really believe it, right? I want to see what other people say when they play the game and they're objective, um, but the game looks a lot of fun. It, 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 you, you can't deny the fact that the layout looks great. It's George Gomez design game. And I always love when I hear George talk about how he just makes sure that the game shoots really well before he does anything else. And, 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 and if you've been listening to this podcast and you've been listening to my criticisms of some of the new boutique offerings in Alice Cooper and in Houdini, you know, I've always said, like, I just think a lot of these games, they needed to have more work done to the design of the geometry of the game before they started doing the artwork and before they moved on from the geometry because I think a lot of them just don't shoot well. And I think when you look at Deadpool, it really does look like a game that's going to be fun to shoot. There's no denying that. I mean, I, I love the sword lock on the right side where the ball gets locked in the handle of the katana. It just looks fucking cool. And that's the other thing about Stern is they, they just know how to make themes that look effing cool. They're kind of edgy themes that are perfect for the male demographic they're going after. I mean, does this not look like the kind of game that a, that a grown man would want to put in his or her, his or her, a grown, a grown man in his or her. No, it, the, the kind of game that someone would want to put in their like man cave or in their arcade room. I mean, it's like, it's perfectly that kind of theme. You know, I don't think you're getting that same kind of enthusiasm when you think about Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I think Rob Zombie was even a cooler theme than Alice Cooper even was. Uh, but I think, you know, those rock and roll metal bands work, um, you know, Willy Wonka, is that as cool of a theme as like a Deadpool? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'm saying that this game is exactly the kind of theme and it has the exact kind of like edginess that, that, that dudes want. Um, I love the crystal ball. I love the disco ball. The, the disco ball that's floating, you know, over the ramp that is hit by the right orbit uh, I heard that the lights are going to go off, the GI is going to go off in the game, and just the disco ball is going to be illuminated. It, this game just like, without even shooting it, without even seeing it being played really, it just looks fun. Like it just looks like it's going to be a campy, fun ride. Uh, and I know that they got the voice actor that did the Deadpool games. So it's going to be, uh, you know, I think that's also good news. Like, I I'm really not hearing anything that is problematic about the game itself right now. Again, we're very early on in, in, in Deadpool. All right. So let's talk about the features of the LE because I was talking earlier about the features of the LE and what we thought was going to be in it. So I want to read for you guys um, the, the feature matrix. So here's what you get on the LE. You get one of 500 machines. 
you get a certificate of authenticity signed by Gary Stern. All right, that's worthless. You get an autographed by game designer, George Gomez. That's not really any value. I'm trying to put this into the context of what, what actually is more money going into the machine. You get a serialized number plate. That's not worth anything. You get high-definition anti-reflection pinball glass. Okay, that has some value. You get high-powered speaker system with three-channel amplifier. Okay, that has some value. Now, these are all things that are LE only. You get illuminated speaker rings in Deadpool Red. A Deadpool Red as opposed to Red. Okay, I, I don't, I'm sure, whatever. Um, limited edition mirrored back glass featuring hand-drawn art by Zombietti. All right, we get that. But if you notice, I don't think the limited edition artwork on the translate is any different than the translate art that's on the premium. And let me see if I can confirm that right now. I'm looking, oh wait, no wait, hold on, pro. Premium and LE, yeah, they're, they're the same. They're the same, I believe. But I do like on the LE, on the plaque, it says like, ooh, you're fancy, something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised um, that you don't get a different translate art on the LE. Let's see. You also get the T-Rex time travel quest themed cabinet art by Zombie Yeti. Uh, you get the LE model exclusive art blades. You get the powder coated metal flake Deadpool red side armor, hinges, legs, and front lockdown molding. A shaker motor and music from the original Deadpool soundtrack. Um, a 12-inch vinyl LP featuring 11 original music tracks with cover art by Zombie Yeti, which is really cool. I mean, this is, is, is this in response to Scott Denisi giving people a mixtape uh, with Total Nuclear Annihilation? Now, uh, maybe, you know, there is a lot of speculation that Stern feels a little bit burned that Denisi went with Spooky instead of letting Stern make TNA. So maybe this is a little bit of a jab at that. But I don't know. I don't really think so. I don't think they really care. Um, so that is all of what separates the LE, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm not going to read the whole Matrix list. Uh, you know, I, how do I think uh, about the 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 T-Rex artwork on the LE? I mean, I think it looks cool. It, I think it looks cool. It, you know, at first I was like, wait, Deadpool's not even on it, but it kind of looks like he is like riding next to the T-Rex, and I think he's like grabbing something or his tongue, or I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. We didn't really get high-res images, but I think it's going to look really freaking dope. I, I, I love the red and the yellow um, and, and everything going on there. So, look, I, 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 I just think Zombie Yeti knocked it out of the park. I think Stern has another spectacular-looking game on its hands. Um, I love the 16-bit LCD graphics. I love that, you know, there's this image I'm looking at where Deadpool is standing next to the LE game. And in the background are like old Stern arcade machines. And there's a Sea Witch pinball machine. I, I just think the whole thing has this sort of like campiness to it that is perfect for pinball. And, you know, you know even like I, I'm just like in comparison, it's like... I, you know, I heard people saying Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle has some of the best artwork in pinball, and it has great artwork, but, but man, like, look at this now, right? Look at the bar that keeps getting raised, and, and, and I think that Zombie Yeti has now just officially just, he is the best pinball artist going right now, and, and I think it's just, 
you know, I love it because I think it's healthy competition. I know that Franchi and Donnie, like I know all the guys over there, they, you know, they enjoy watching what each other do, but they also compete to be the best. And, and I do think this game is absolutely phenomenal and is going to go down as, as just like, you know, an amazing, an amazing visual pinball machine. And I, look at it because I haven't played the game. So we really don't have that much to go on. Um, let's talk about, as I look at the game here, I'm trying to think about, you know, the the drop targets are neat. The sword lock is really neat. I like the fact that there's like drop targets that you hit and then you hit like a, a target to move the, you know, the the Deadpool figure. Would I have liked there have been an actual bash figure in this game? Absolutely. I think if you if you were to look at this game and ask yourself, is there one glowing emission from this game? And I think you have to say there really isn't a toy in the game that interacts with the ball that feels like completely like original and magical. You know, I don't even think there's any magnets in this game. So there's there's like definitely a lack of mech design going on at Stern lately. And and I and I just I just wish there was a little bit something more for the ball to interact with. And and I say that because you know, I think when you look at some of their old games like, you know, even just having like you know, the Magneto figure or the Wolverine character that you bashed or like the Incredible Hulk figure that banged his arms. I, I, I think we're really lacking in that category. And I could do one of two things. I could endlessly complain about that and say I'm not going to go in on a game like this or I'm not excited about this. Or I could play the game and see how it is and, and, and do those things really, really matter. Now, you know me. You know me. You've listened to this show. I'm a fan of toys. I am. I'm, I, I think toys in pinball machine, in pinball machines, like really separate it and, and, and make pinball come to life. And I'd rather there be more toys than no toys in a game. And I think, you know, Iron Maiden to me was a game that didn't really have a lot of toys. Deadpool is now a game that didn't have a lot of toys. Uh, and what's going to be interesting, you know, if this game comes out in the next few weeks, which it, which it is, uh, when you look at George Gomez's other game that he'll... It's, it's funny because Gomez is going to be competing against Gomez for sales at the same time. Uh, little, you know, He probably didn't think that 20 years later Monster Bash would be competing against his brand new game. Uh, but Monster Bash is a game with nothing but toys, right? With nothing but mechanisms that interact with the ball. Nothing but toys that move around the play field. Um, things that you hit. Physically, so uh, completely, completely different kinds of games, uh, you know, coming out years apart, years apart. So um, I think it's a good day for pinball. I think people. I'm reading the comments. I think people are really excited about this machine. I I, I think that people are starting to realize that you know Stern is just on a roll. I mean, it is no longer like the, you know, the the hit and then the miss and then the miss and then the hit. I, I think that Stern is, they found a groove. They found a groove. They found a groove by getting some of the best artists in the world to join their ranks. They found a groove by getting a design team uh, and, a, and a coding team on board so that we're no longer getting, you know, empty products. Uh, I, I do think... This game is going to sell well. Will it sell out? Will the LEs sell out? Well, they haven't already. 
they haven't already. And, and so that is, um, you know, Iron Maiden sold out in one day. Other games have sold out in one day, like Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, this one hasn't. But I think here's what's going to happen. I think once people see more of the gameplay footage of this game, I think all the Ellie's are, are going to be gobbled up. I, I just do. I, I, I think people are going to want the nicest version. A lot of you guys out there, that that's what you like to have. Uh, but it's just getting hard, man, because here's what's, here's what's hard for guys out there. Uh, if, what if Stern makes four great games a year? You, you want to own all them. Like That's getting close to like $40,000 you're going to shell out for pinball machines in a single year. Uh, and that's tough, but I don't see them stopping. I don't think anything stops this momentum that they have. You know, I think, again, whenever Stern shows stuff like this, it's, it, it can't be a good day for Spooky Pinball. It can't be a good day for Jersey Jack Pinball. It can't be a good day for American Pinball. It can't be. And, you know, th these games will hurt them more than those companies can hurt Stern because you know, people are going to buy this game. You know, people are going to buy this game over other games. And, you know, I, I, again, like, I just think, like, look at the hand-drawn artwork on this game. Now, go look at the artwork on Pirates of the Caribbean, and you tell me, you tell me, you know, which one's got nicer art. And I get it. You know, I, I think Pirates is going for very much, like, the, you know, the photorealism of the movie artwork. Uh, but what I love about this game, and I think this is rare, this is rare in pinball, and George Gomez keeps saying this, is they were much more free to do what they wanted to do with this game. And it feels like Marvel was really chill with the Deadpool license and let's turn have a lot of freedom to just have some fun and go crazy with it. And I think Deadpool as a property has always been sort of like that redheaded stepchild of Marvel where they've kind of just been like, F it, you know? Now, there won't be an R-rated mode in the game. I got confirmation on that. It's going to be PG-13. Now, does that mean there'll be some curse words? I believe you can curse in PG-13 movies, um, but I'm not sure how they're going to integrate it into the pin. But there will be no R-rated Deadpool in this game. So there's that. So that, that kind of is a bummer for people who want to have a little bit more of a racy humor with Deadpool. You know, something I've been thinking about when we know this game is designed to, you know, to be funny and to make you laugh is how long do jokes stay funny in pinball and how repetitive will things get after a while and will it still uh, have long-term appeal if it is designed to sort of, you know, just be like a comedy show. Um, I'm just curious about that. I'm also curious as to what the storyline is. I'm also excited that this game doesn't have to follow the narrative of, of, of a set script because of a film and that they're creating their own original storyline based upon the, the world of Deadpool. Now, I have to be honest, I don't really know the Deadpool comic world so much. I know the character... Uh, but I didn't know he went back in time and fought like T-Rexes and, 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 and Megalodons and, and, and all this stuff. So uh, news to me that that is part of the, the Deadpool universe. All right. Anything else going on? I mean, again, I just think like my prediction is this. I think this game is going to be on a lot of people's radars. I also think, you know, once we see Monster Bash remake, once we see... Uh, that game, we're going to have a lot of titles competing for dollars in August. 
I, I do think that it's going to be tough for Spooky to keep everyone in on Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle with games like this coming out at the same exact time. And you're going to be able to get it quicker. See, that's the thing. It's like, if you want to get Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, how long do you have to wait? How long do you have to wait? But if you want to go get a, a Deadpool LE or a Pro, you're going to be able to get it like within probably a month. And you're not waiting a year, not waiting six months. You're not, your money's not locked in. You get a game. You know, that's, that's the problem. Same thing with Jersey Jack. It's like, how long do you have to wait? Like, where is Pirates production? I thought they were on the line. Like, where are the first games? Like, why aren't they going out? You know, this, these companies are competing. And this is why I gave Charlie some shit earlier in, on my previous podcast. Make no mistake. You guys are all in, in, in a horse race to get people's money this summer. I mean, it, it is a, a fierce, fiercely competitive pinball landscape these days. And, 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 and nobody is like doing this to help anyone else out. Like companies are going to succeed and companies are going to fail. And, and that is just the way it is. You know, and, and, and when I listen to other podcasts where they, they just want to like celebrate everything and they don't want to talk about the realities of what will happen in this hobby, uh, I, I think people are missing, you know, the realities of what will happen in the hobby, which is you can't just cheerlead companies and they're going to succeed. Companies will fail. There is not, there are not enough new in-box pinball buyers to, to, to ensure all these companies survive. There's just not. And Stern is just on a freaking roll that I wouldn't want to go up against them. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, shit. Like, imagine if Zombie Yeti did a Godzilla game with that art and that penmanship sometime next year, right? Imagine if Zombie Yeti did the artwork for Willy Wonka, how freaking sick it would look. You know, the, imagine, if, you know, I, I, again, I just, I just think that uh, I'm kind of like, fuck, like, I don't know if we need this many pinball machines. I got to be honest. I just don't need know if we need this many games every year. I, I just don't think it, it's sustainable. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Don't get me wrong. I'm effing loving it. But I also would be paranoid as hell if, or, or anxious as hell if I was anyone competing against a juggernaut like this. I just, I just would be. I, 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 I think you'd have to like up your ante significantly uh, to win. And that's the thing too, is like, look how much you get for a Stern Pro. Look, look at, look at the game. I mean, it's pretty much the same game. You lose like a diverter, you lose some figures. You could easily replace those plastic with those figures easily. And you've got pretty much like the same game. Um, the diverters might change the gameplay a bit. And I know people have said like the Stern pricing has gone up a little bit, but not by much, a few hundred bucks, but look what you're getting. I mean, DMD games are dead now. I mean, I'm sorry, DMD error games, who wants them? Who wants them? They, they look so dated. I, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I think all the, like the Tron LEs, the, the ACDC limited editions, nobody's going to want that stuff. They're all going to lose a couple thousand dollars because of how much better these LCD games look and, and how much more they can do on the screen that just makes the experience better. And I think Stern's got the right size LCD, and I think they understand that they're not trying to detract too much from the action on the play field. All right, I got to stop before I become too much of like a Stern shill, right? I'm not shilling. I'm not shilling. All right, let me read an email or two, and then I'll let you guys go. So I got an email from someone that's from Ed Owens that said, uh, questioning the phrase world under glass. I want to read this one, and then I'll let you guys go. Chris, 
I'm a casual listener. I enjoy the hobby updates and cutting edge news. I also like the way you get a podcast out quickly commenting on new events. Not being restricted to schedule timeline allows you that flexibility. I do have a few turn off about your show as well. For instance, can you go an entire episode without mentioning Batman 66 directly or in reference? Um, well, Ed, I could. It's the only machine I own, and I don't talk about it in every episode. He, he then goes on to say, but I'm not emailing you to tear you apart. I really am interested in your claim to the phrase world under glass. This is an even more fresh because Deadpool obviously is making fun of the phrase, but it is you or just the hobby in general. Um, you lay claims of being a reporter and ask for access from companies to information to report on. But what I'm asking you is what your claim to the statement world under glass is. Did you claim to have coined it or just use it nonstop that the hobby should associate the phrase with you? To me, it sounds like Dr. Evil's father that invented the question mark. Or are you trying to get a get market style interest in the phrase to make people think Canada? Um, personally, I enjoy using the phrase, but when I hear it, I no way think Canada. I agree. It's a great way to describe modern pinball. All right. So Ed, I did not coin the phrase world under glass, nor will I take credit for that phrase whatsoever. Uh, world under glass has been a phrase that has been used to describe pinball machines for many, many years. In fact, one of the individuals that uses that phrase that we're trying to create a world under glass is George Gomez. And I think I first heard it from him. I use it repeatedly on this show because I do think creating a world under glass is the most important thing about what makes pinball special. To me, it's what makes pinball different than a video game, uh, than other forms of entertainment, other toys, than mobile gaming. You can actually create a physical world under that glass. And that's why I think games like Star Wars suck so hard because when you look down at Star Wars, it doesn't feel like a world under glass. If I were to say, what is Stern's greatest world under glass game that they've ever made? It's Ghostbusters. Like, look at that pin. I wanted it to be so good, but it looks like the Ghostbusters world under glass. You know, there's other games that accomplish that, but that's what I want. I want sculpts. I want toys. I want art. I want all of it to look like I'm stepping into that world that we all know and love. All right. This is a short little 30 minute episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I hope all you guys enjoy the fact that we're living in a new golden era of pinball. And Deadpool looks freaking sweet. We can't wait to Jack Danger plays it next week. More to come on this pin as we see more of it. But I think you have to be loving what we're seeing so far. Have a good night, everybody. Damn.